chapter 2. 1 Corinthians chapter 2. We're going to start a new series this morning, but actually you're going to notice that it came off of last Wednesday night. Just couldn't let it go, but I didn't want y'all to think I just have to ride a horse till it falls down under me. So we're going to start a new series and we're going to start it out like this. The harvest is in the seed. Say it with me. The harvest is in the seed. Now, it's a truth. It's what God says. Let's say it again. The harvest is in the seed. Now, that's I'm going to persuade you. I'm going to convince you. I'm going to uh, give you irrevocable truth that your harvest is in your seed. We've talked about several times about people that when they get in a bind, they get in a jam, they get in trouble and things don't go right, how they look at God. And I've seen it. I've seen it played out. You've, heard, you've seen it or heard it. And they, they, they're, they're not happy. And they say, Lord, why is this disease on me? Why is this broken? Why is this not going right? And then they begin to recount why they should have a good life. Well, I did this and I've given that and I served here and I helped the lady across the street and I, I've been good, Lord. I did mess up a little bit, but, you know, I'm sorry about that. Nobody's perfect. We're all human. That's what they say. But Lord, why are you allowing this to happen to me? And then we have to discover how God operates, that he's a faith God. He is not a reward God. Now, there is a reward for everything you do. I said there is a reward but it doesn't offset. It doesn't offset other things. Uh, 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 grandmother uh, got hip cancer or she thought she did. The doctor misdiagnosed her. And so she went to the Lord and she said, Lord, I'm a soul winner. He who wins souls is wise, Proverbs said. And she went to him. She's very serious. And she was quite the soul winner. I mean, she was just in your face and she had a wooden purse I'd made her. Uh, believe it or not, a wooden purse. And it had the letters Jesus down it. And then she had got some letters made out of wood that were 11 and a half inches square. And it was J-E-S-U-S. -S, and it was down her living room wall. The girl was sold out. She got me filled with the Holy Ghost and all that. So uh, she, but she was adamant. She was disappointed. She was almost to the point of this isn't right. Me getting cancer and being a soul winner. And I tell you, a lot of people are that way because they think, they think God's in control. He's not in control. Now he's in control of heaven. It's going just like he likes it in heaven. And there's no devil, there's no sin, there's no flesh, there's no fooling around, there's no lying that goes unmet. Uh, he's got heaven just like it. But he said, whatever you bind on earth is bound in the heavenlies. Well, God, I thought you were in control. No, if you don't bind it, it doesn't get bound. And whatever you loose, whatever you allow, whatever you permit on earth will be, God will back you up. Ooh. Whatever you sow, you sow, that's what you're going to reap. Well, God, how come, how come it's this way? Well, you didn't sow. Well, that's not fair. I meant to, but I was feeling a little light that week. And I, I didn't, didn't trust you. And I... That's the way it is. So in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, in verse 12. Now we have received not the spirit of the world, 
That would be the spirit of reason. Say reason. Okay, we have not received the spirit of the world, the spirit of reason. And people will tell you, God gave you a brain, he gave you a head, and he expects you to use it. That's how they wiggle out of the will of God. It's like, well, I'm, I'm supposed to figure this out. We have not received the spirit of the world, but the spirit which is of God. What's the spirit of God? It's the spirit of faith. Our lives are navigated not on being smart and being trained and being educated. Our life is based on faith. That's why he's not over in the neediest countries in the world. Not because he doesn't care, but because he works by faith. So if you've got faith, but you've got more, people, more stuff and more, more things than someone over there that doesn't have faith, you'd think that God would be a God of diversity and those other two things I forgot. But he's not. He's very self-centered. He wants faith. So he said, we've not received the spirit of the world, but the spirit which is of God. Why? That we might know the things that are freely given to us of God. Have you all ever seen that verse? Well, of course you have. But have you ever thought about it? Why do we have the spirit of God? So that we might know the word there is discover or understand. We might know the things that we might know and understand the things which are already given to us by God. In other words, we can't always see them. But they're there. Now, I'll tell you a little revelation you can chew on this morning. We don't ever say that uh, we are healed. Because healed or not healed is a condition. It's something that comes and goes. But if you say, I am the healed, that's somebody. That's an identity. That's what comes out. That's what comes in. That's what I am the healed. I'm not getting healed. I'm not, I'm not just healed. I am the healed. And what I, who I am determines what I have and what I can do. So I, I'm the healed this morning. I said I'm the healed. And I am the funded. I'm not just funded because like, well, we'll wait till next week and wait till things get worse and wait till they... You don't have a job and get wait until they come and get your tax money and all that. Oh, no, 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 no. That's a condition based on something that might or might not happen. I am the funded. Amen. In Jesus, only in Jesus, I am nothing special. You are not such hot stuff on your own. We've all proved that in the world. None of you are president. None of you are whatever. So we are the healed. We are the funded. Just like we are the saved. We are the born again. It's not something we put on and take off. Well... He committed adultery, so he ain't going to heaven, that's for sure. Well, that's what he did, but that's not who he is. We've got to get it in here. We've got to dominate this. Got to dominate this. Letting God off. He doesn't want to be let off. Well, I'm just not, it didn't come this week or it didn't happen this week, so I'm letting, maybe God's this and maybe God's that. No, that's what he said. That's what you have. You just got to stand for it. I know this is a little tough this morning, but, but we'll get off to some other stuff in just a minute. Uh, so that we might know or understand the things. So God gives things. God gives things. He's into things that we might know the things that are freely given to us of God. 
So we can't go where God has not assigned us. We can't listen to what God has not spoken. We can't have God's will if we listen to a lie. If you sit under a lie, you're going to believe the lie. And you're going to believe the lie is truth. And so you will have no more than what the lie can supply. So I, we could say that uh, my soul, my mind, will and emotions will never say to me, Michael Ray, you are abundantly supplied above all things. You have more than you can ask or think. Your soul has never told you that. Uh, your soul will never tell you you have all sufficiency in all things. And bless God's son, you are abounding to every good work. Your head will never tell you that. It'll never originate that. It'll never think of that. It'll never, it'll never even embrace that that could be possible. Your soul will never tell you that Jesus became poor, that you through his poverty might be made rich. Your head will never tell you we are rich, rich. We got stuff and we can do what we need to. Your head will never tell you that it is given unto you, Michael Ray, it's given unto you to know the mysteries of the kingdom. You ever heard your head say that? Uh, uh, your head will never, my head will never say that all things are working together for good for those that are the called, that love God and are called according to his purpose. Your head's never said that. Your head's never said, but I have, but you, Michael, you, son, have got the mind of Christ. Your head never said we are the mind of Christ. But on the other hand, revelation, revelation, not things that you can reason because we've not been given the spirit of reason, the spirit of this world. We've been given the spirit of God, which is the spirit of faith. Faith will say we got the mind of Christ. Y'all say amen when you get it. Your, your, your faith will say we have exceeding abundantly above all that we can ask or think. Reason will never deduce that. Reason will never line it up on the pad and say, whoo, look at us, more than we can ask or think. But revelation will, the spirit of faith will. Faith will tell you that you do have all sufficiency in all things. Right in the middle of abject lack, no, big bills, little money, your head will tell you we, we're under and we're going under. But the spirit of faith will say, you have all sufficiency in all things. You are abounding to every good work. So we're believing according to who we are. And if you don't know who you are, if you think you're just a worm and God's not interested in you and because you had never done nothing good or big for God, so he doesn't care about you until you can get out there and do something big or good for God. You think, well, God's not doing anything for me. And so you'll accept the spirit of reason. You'll you'll take less. So you got to get into this and change your mind. You got to get born again so that this part down here, the mind of Christ moves in. Mind of Christ isn't up here. This is where Michael Ray lives. <laughs> Bless his heart. <laughs> Bless his darling heart. But down here, I'm something else. I'm a spitfire down here. Are you a spitfire down there? Whatever that is. You got to know that. If you don't know that, you'll, you'll live just the same. You'll go to heaven, but you'll live just the same as a sinner that never knew Jesus. Wouldn't that be a shame to live on earth with all the privileges of a king and live like a pauper, live like a sick person? So in Matthew chapter 25, we just slip over there. We're going to giddy up here. I'm... 
I've, I've hit second gear. <laughs> the tires didn't squeal, but we did hit second gear. Hallelujah. You won't live a life beyond your understanding. Let's point to ourselves in first person that. I won't live a life beyond my understanding. Let's do it again. I will not live a life beyond my understanding. Well, that's what the spirit of faith is. The spirit of, of, of God is, is to get you where you will, you will understand. Things that just don't make sense. And we go back to Romans 4 where it says Abraham, he put on faith. He was 70. How old was Abraham when he had Isaac? Old as a rock. I mean... He was old. He, how old was he? 70? 75? 75? Which is no real big deal because the word says after Sarah died, <laughs> he got up with Keturah and had four more kids. So it's not really the big deal about him. It was Sarah that was the, that was the linchpin. But it says they got in faith about it. When things were impossible. Well, we accept that, but we don't accept that God would do that for us because that was Abraham. And here I am, little old me. I'm telling you, Abraham didn't have anything on us. We got the word of God. He had to, he had to get up with God face to face. And the Lord, all the Lord could do for him is say, see the stars? Yeah, that's me. See the sand? That's us. That's all he could do for him. But we got the word where we can go back and rehearse it and go over it and over it and over it. So Matthew 25, verse 21, there's, this is the story the Lord Jesus is telling about a master that had some stuff and he had to go to a far country. He had three servants. He gave one five uh, talents, one two talents, and one one talent. And then he came back, which is the story of our salvation. It's the stories about Jesus. He gave us all talents. He gave us all the wherewithal to succeed and fulfill our uh, assignment, then he went to heaven, but he is coming back. And there's going to be, there is an accountability of what did you do with what I left you? So in verse 21, he tells his first guy, that guy had five, that had turned five. He said, uh, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over a few things. I will make thee ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of thy Lord. Well, if you look it up there, it's not easy to find, but it's in there. The word that has been faithful because that's what we want to be. Since it's a story about us. The master's left, but he's but he's left us Holy Spirit here. Didn't he leave us Holy Spirit? He said, I'm going, but it's good. I left him here. He said, uh, I want you to act just like this guy. I want you to be well done, thou good and faithful. The word faithful there means easily persuaded to believe. The reason you know that is because when you get over to verse 29, go to verse 29, or excuse me, uh, verse uh, uh, 26, 26, there we go. His Lord answered over the guy that just buried his talent. He said, uh, thou wicked and slothful, lazy self, servant, thou knewest that I reap where I sow not and gather where I have not strawed. Um, uh, he, he said that he said of this man, what did he say to him? He said to the number one guy and the number two guy, you're easily persuaded to believe. But he said, you sat in the same meeting that I told these two what to do. You had less talent. So I gave you less to produce. He said, you are hard to believe. 
Stiff-necked is another word that's used in the Bible. Stiff-necked. Hard to convince. Hard to be persuaded. Just don't want to believe that. Well, I don't think this, and I don't, the Bible means this, and they just, they know more about the Bible. I, you know, all men know about the Bible out in the world is that women are supposed to submit to their husbands. That's all they know. That's, <laughs> after that, it's like we don't need nothing else. Hallelujah. So, uh, so they don't know anything. But if you want to know something, you're born again and you want to know something, you can go as fast as you want. When I was farming, I, I got me cassette tapes and I just fed that machine in my tractor. I had a cab, air conditioner, you know, everything. And, uh, but I'd be out there all day long and I'd put a cassette in, hit reverse and it'd come back and then I'd hit reverse again and it would go through the first side again, hit reverse and it'd come back. I'd listen to a cassette tape two times and put it in the box and take out old number two. That's, I didn't go to Bible school. That's how I got what I got, and that's how you're going to get what you get. We have to, we have to want it. You got to want it. You got to want it. And if you want it, the Lord says, you got what it takes. If you want it, we will put rockets on you, and we will blast off. You can go as fast and as far as you want to. So he said, you're stiff-necked. You're hard to believe. He said, you will not believe an inconvenient truth. So what, what does everybody balk at? Well, it's not the convenient truth. It's the inconvenient truth. Well, when you're in faith, almost everything in the world, I mean, excuse me, if you're in the world, almost everything in the faith realm is inconvenient. You've got to read the Bible. Ah, oh. you've you got to be around people that are like you or like, like precious faith. Ah, oh. you're going to have to learn to give. Ah. Oh. You, you, everything's an inconvenient truth. And if you're stiff-necked and you're hard, you have a long, what do you call that? A long learning curve. And some people, it takes 10 years to get where somebody else got in six months. Because there's a passion. There's a desire to have understanding. Because when you're born again, you're a child of a new father. You've been refathered from above. Jesus is Lord, and the Heavenly Father is your Father. The devil was your Father. So we convert. We go over and say, I want to learn what Daddy has. I want to learn how Daddy does it. I want to learn how it works, and it'll work for me because I'm Daddy's son. I'm Daddy's daughter. But a lot of people are like, ah, that happened, but it doesn't matter, and they just live their life. And 20 years later, 30 years later, they're exactly in the same spot. A lot of hell has gone under the bridge for those people. So what's the schism? It's information versus revelation. You can be smart as a whip. You can be a crackerjack. You can be, the, you can be something else and be dumb as a rock in the kingdom. Or if somebody says in Alabama, they say dumb as a bag of hammers. <laughs> I always like that one. So uh, we said the other day that God wants you to know what to do in 23. He wants us to know what to do in 2023. Didn't mean you didn't know anything till now. 
Doesn't mean that you are resisting now, but it means put it in giddy up. Put it down in G on the steering column. Giddy up. He wants you to know what to do. To be at the right place with the right people. It'll change everything. You go, well, I'd do something hard if he told me to be a missionary to Nepal or if he told me to make bricks for the, the little huts over in Singapore or whatever. I'd do that. But just, just fall in love with him and just chase him, that's too easy. I don't want any of that. Oh, you're that hard, not easily willing to believe. You're that hard to believe. You don't want to do it God's way. You want to do something hard, which you will not do. And if you did it, it wouldn't change anything. So I'm start, I say, let's just do it God's way and be happy. I'm trying to get y'all to smile. I don't know. I, let me, let's see if there's anything in here. Make them laugh. Say this. <laughs> but the typical church of typical people, there's two kinds of people in all people. People come out of the world into the church. You've all been, y'all drove from home this morning or walked from home or whatever. And so here you are. And we talked about it last Wednesday. There's the haves and the have nots. And so I want you to turn, if you would, with me to math. Uh, uh, excuse me. Stay right there. Stay right there. I, I've already got it. So you have, you have the haves and the have not. And so uh, John said in 3 John 2, he said, uh, I pray, I wish, I pray above all things. What do you, Apostle John, the one, the, the last one with Jesus? There was the 70, the 12, Peter, James, and John. John, what would you say would be the most exciting thing, the most powerful thing? I would pray, oh, that angels would meet you. And that the streets of gold, you could, nope, he said that you'd prosper and be in health. Even as, even as your soul prospered. So you really can't pray for somebody to have prosperity. Do you ever think about that? What would you pray? What would you say? Sunday, I pray that you have wealth and you have abundance and you pay every bill. Uh, the word says if you don't work, you don't eat. The word says whatsoever man soweth, that shall he also reap. Oh, we can't pray that away. We can't get beyond that. Any more than you can pray for the dead out of hell. Y'all know you can't pray the dead out of hell. We know that. Okay. So uh, we have the haves and the haves have revelation. They have understanding. They have passion. They have a hunger for the things of God. They have. But the needy, the needy, they, they can't seem to, they, they may have money, but they're, they're, well, I wrote it down, what I wanted to say. They have slack in their soul. You ever known anybody that was just, just had every need? Everything's paid for, palacious, wonderful, ever sprawling, had money everywhere, but they were slack in their soul. If you go to talk to them about anything spiritual, they're just, they're empty. Surely y'all have been around them, they're everywhere. And if they don't have everything, they think they do, or they're in pursuit of it. So the word says here in uh, verse 29, verse 29, you're still there in Matthew 25. The Lord's teaching us. He's telling us how it works. You know, there's the law. There's law. There's spiritual laws. There's laws of seed time and harvest. We just talked about one this morning. Laws of seed time and harvest. Whatsoever a man soweth, that and that only shall he reap. 
There's law. So here's another law that he says. If you'll put this in, he said, for unto, unto everyone that hath shall be given. Everyone that hath, that hath. So all of us hath something. But it depends on what you hath. If you got money, he's not really talking about that, although that would fit. He said, to everyone that hath shall be given. What did he just do with the man? We didn't read it, but I'll just tell you the man that had 10 talents. He turned to the wicked servant that he said, you are stiff necked and you are hard to believe. Take the talent away from him and give it to the man that has tenth. So he says, everyone that has shall be given and he shall have abundance. He's telling us how prosperity works. He's telling us how the kingdom works. It's not like reason. We've not been given the spirit of the world. We've been given the spirit of faith and it's not like we thought. It's different. You go, well, I don't think it should be that way. I think he should have just had mercy and and uh, just had all three of them split up the, the, the 10 and the 2 and the 1, 13. Just split up, everybody have four. That's the way the world would think. But that's not how the kingdom works. And you better get it straight. It doesn't work like the world. There is no diversity and equality and, and all that. It's based on what you do with faith. Go as fast and as far as you want, and it'll be unfair, because favor's not fair, is it? Hallelujah. So he said... Uh, to him that has shall be given and shall have abundance. The Amplified says, for everyone who has will more be given and he will be furnished richly. That's in the Bible. That's in the Bible. The Passion says, for the one who has will be given more until he overflows with abundance. So what's the key? What's the key? I got to get them to pray for me. They got money. They got stuff. They got understanding. They're rich and pray for me that I'll get it. That's not how it is. He said, you got to get out of the needy realm into the have realm. What realm would that be? That'd be understanding. That would be revelation. You got to stop your, your giddy up. You got to slow down in your life and say, we got to stop here. We got to stop working for, for money. We got to start oppressing ourselves till day and night we're doing this and doing that. Got to stop here and say, Lord, I'm going to ask you a couple of questions and I know you'll answer. What do you want me to do with my life? And where do you want me to do it? And with who do you want me to do it with? And he'll start opening doors. Uh, Rebecca was sharing this morning a testimony of how the Lord spoke to her and just said, do this. And he changed everything from what she said. Am I telling that right? I mean, changed a lot. Well, we all have that testimony. Yes. We all have that thing like I was going 100 miles an hour and the Lord said, you missed your turn. So we have to put it in reverse and back up until we get to the turn and go down there. I'm getting where I don't want to do the reverse thing. I want to get it right the first time. I've had a lot of reverses, do-overs. So money's either flowing, understanding is, and uh, revelation are either flowing towards you or flowing away from you. Those people, the needy people, nothing seems to work. They go to work and it's not, you know, they're mean and mad and they have a car and it breaks down and the, the landlord is gripey, grumpy or the, it just never, it's just always a challenge. And when you hook up with those people, you have to take on their challenges. And I've been telling you all about how challenging it's been for me to, to deal with people that have a total different mindset. It's like somebody from Nigeria or the Sudan or from Singapore or something. I mean, it's like 
we're not, we're not meshing. Because I'm thinking, let's giddy up. Let's get this done. Here's the answer. This is what you do. And this is how it'll turn out. Did you ever, were you ever that way? Well, I was. When I was a farmer, I missed lots of chances to prosper. Hallelujah. So if, if it's based on understanding, we can put $100 in this room. And we'll give it to Lynn first. And Lynn then will pray and he will, he will sow it into somebody else. And then they will have it for a season and then they'll sow it. Not necessarily someone in here, but someone. And when we get back, if we could, we would say, what was the reward or the harvest out of your hundred dollars? And somebody would say, man, I, I reaped a hundredfold. That, that seed, I, I needed to eat so bad. I needed to, to, to fix my car so bad, but I sowed it. I planted it out of revelation and understanding. And I got a $10,000 deal that just came up. Somebody else said, well, I had that same $100. And, you know, I got, I got a free prescription to parenting, and I, I don't even have kids. <laughs> it, it wasn't that special. And you go, how's that? $100 ought to be the same, but it's not. It's based on he who hath shall have abundance. So what's the key? Revelation. Understanding. Acquiring the things. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these trivial and, and, and not as important and things that are just offset, they'll be added to you. Yeah, God's got that. He'll just shuffle them over to you and it'll be okay. So uh, turn with me to Mark chapter four, if you would, please. I'm, I'm hurrying. You just wouldn't know it, but I'm hurrying as fast as I can. Verse 22 of chapter four. We're learning about the harvest is in the seed. Because if I know where the harvest is and I need a harvest, I need to know where it is. Otherwise, I'll work for it or I'll just believe for it or a number of things that people have tried to get prosperous, to get abundance, to get their stuff to work. It says in verse 22, the Lord Jesus said, for there is nothing hid which shall not be manifested. Say nothing. Oh, my. Secrets always will come out. You just won't get them out. Nothing is hidden which shall not be manifested, neither, part, part two, neither was anything kept secret, but that it should come abroad. So that just tells you the, the devil's plans are all on the internet, the spiritual internet. You want to know what he's doing? Just check in here. Don't check in here because you'll be mad at people and you'll, yeah, you'll be mad at people because the devil works through people, doesn't he? But if you get down in here, you'll go, oh, that sneaky rascal. He's trying to get me estranged from my best friend or my good buddy or whatever. And so uh, in verse 23, let's see if we're still there. Yeah. If any man have ears to hear, let him hear. We looked at that and that word here. It, you, you put a little circle around here, didn't you? And, and put it out to the, the margin and put understand. Didn't you put that in your Bible last Wednesday? Put that in your Bible last Wednesday. Now you know it because you put that in your Bible last Wednesday. He who has ears to hear, let him understand. And he said unto them, take heed what you hear. For with what measure you meet, or that you measure, 
It shall be measured to you and to you that hear more shall be given. How many of y'all in here think we ought to have more? We ought to have more. Just you and me, Lynn? Raise your hand, baby. <laughs> y'all a little slow. We're on, we're on the bullet train here. This isn't the caboose section. For he that hath, here it is. Here's the, here's the summation. For he that hath, to him shall be given. I thought God would give to them that hath not. Because the hath already hath. What are we doing giving to the rich? What are we doing giving to them that already have plenty? Why are we not giving to the poor and giving to the needy and giving to them that don't ever have a chance and everything goes wrong and everything is against them? Why, don't, why doesn't Jesus do it that way? Because, you know, we've seen the picture. He's got two little lambs here and he's got the sign or whatever the sign is that he gives, you know, in all those pictures. Where is that Jesus? He's upholding the law of the kingdom. Because if he does, it'll work for you and me. If he doesn't, nothing works. Then it's God's in control. It's helter-skelter. It's what will be will be. You never know what the Lord's going to do. God works in mysterious ways. His wonders to perform. That's what you get when you don't hold up laws and, and, and hold them fast so that it, you don't get it until you get it. You don't get it till you get it right. If you're not in faith, it didn't happen. Well, I think the Lord should do it because I got, I really tried. But he knows I had to go boating last week and he knows I had grandkids and he knows and he knows and he knows. And we just talk ourselves out of it and he upholds the law of faith. Hallelujah. So uh, the Amplified says things are hidden temporarily. Listen to this. Now this will this get you. Things are hidden temporarily only as a means to revelation. That's in the Amplified. For there is nothing hidden except to be revealed. So God's hiding stuff for us, not from us. Did y'all hear that? So that when we get to the place where we say, God, I need to know, he's already hidden that for the answer for us to know. He's always on time. Sometimes we fail to ask. We fail to get to the place where we say, God, I'm, I need you. I need you. Whatever I've done that's not you, I'm here for you. And he said, I've already been working on this before you even ask. And I got this thing all lined up and set up for you. So he goes on. He says, for there is nothing hidden except to be revealed, nor is anything temporarily kept secret except in order that it may be made known. If any man has ears to hear, let him be listening. Got ears to hear? Born again believers? Children of God? Do we have ears to hear? Of course we do. We got the mind of Christ. And let him perceive and comprehend. That's why we can take hard sayings. Oh, that's a hard saying. You know, the disciples told Jesus when he explained his body and his blood, you're going to drink my blood and eat my flesh. They said, this is a hard saying. But it was key to the kingdom. And these things, you may think I'm preaching on prosperity. I'm not. We're just preaching on kingdom order. Where is the harvest? Because everybody in here has a right to the harvest. We're born again. We're children of God. It's his stuff. He said, I'm giving all my stuff to my kids. And I am one. And so he's like, I've hidden it for you. Well, Lord, tell me where it is. He said, I did. It's in my word. I've hidden it for you. 
Ask me and I'll tell you. Oh, ask with an open heart. Ask with a heart that says, I'm willing to do whatever you say, that I won't balk and back up and resist the answer you give me. Remember the, the rich young ruler? He said, give all you have. Give to the poor. Take your cross and follow me. The word says that he who gives to the poor lend it to the Lord and he will repay. So Jesus was giving him a way to get all his money back and be a disciple. But he was hard hearted. It says he was he went away sorrowful for he was very rich. Well, we have to do it God's way. You, you look at somebody and say, well, how come you don't have anything? And you can just answer it and say, because he wouldn't do it God's way. I wouldn't do it God's way. I, every trouble I've ever had is because I said, I've got a little better plan. I have gone to part plan B, Lord, and I got to, an upgrade to what you suggested. It just never works out, do you know? And he said to them, be careful what you're hearing. The measure of thought and study you give to the truth you hear. The measure of thought and study you give to the truth you hear. The measure, the level of thought and study that you give to the truth you hear is exactly and will be the measure of virtue and knowledge that comes back to you. And more besides will be given to you who hear. Oh, that's deep. No, it's just like wake up and pay attention. Do what he says. You see it in the word, do it. You see it in the word, don't do it. I'm hurrying. For him who has will more be given. Can you say that's me? That's me. I have. I'm, on, I'm hot on the trail. I'm hot. Yes, ma'am. We're hot on the trail. We're, we, we are, we're, we're bird dogging this thing. You can't distract us with a doggy treat over here. We, we are got our nose on the trail and we are, we are taking it to the end. He said, uh, 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 for to him who has more will be given and from him who has nothing. Oh, come on, God, let everybody have what they have, even if it's not much. To him has nothing, even what he has will be taken away by force. That seems brutal. That seems so hard that God would do that. But that's a good news for you and me and everybody else that'll just stop being hard hearted and say, I'm easily persuaded to believe what he says is what I want. What he wants, I'm in what he doesn't like. I don't have nothing to do with it either. The passion says, be diligent to understand the meaning behind everything you hear. So that's what we're doing this morning. I know this isn't maybe what somebody would want for a Sunday morning message. But we got to giddy up. We got to get to the end of this. Be diligent to understand the meaning behind everything you hear. For as you do, more understanding will be given unto you. And according to the depth of your longing, your longing, this is what the passion says, to understand much more will be added to you. How many of y'all are hot for understanding? I mean, we're on it. We're like, give me more. I, 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 I go on the Internet, go to YouTube and watch some more. And, and go to some archives of somebody. I want more. Well, I'm in this thing every day. I want more. What, what is it? I go where people that want more are. Because I am one of them and I want more. And that's where there will be more that will be given. The reason there's more here, if there is, and I think there is, is because you want more. We cannot go. This pulpit cannot go one inch beyond what you're willing to have a capacity for. 
You, and you go, well, well, we'll take it. No, I've, I've had them sit there like this. And like, you know, they didn't want more. It's like, when's this thing over? I pay no attention to them, by the way. Yeah, hallelujah. So uh, different understanding produces different harvests. I know people that are having great harvests on their giving. They hadn't given that much, but they're looking for a dime. They're looking for a nickel. Put it in, put it in, put it in. And then I have known, and you've known people that had it, but bless God, we're saving for a rainy day. And they, they got their umbrella out all the time. What does the Bible say about wealth? It says the wealth of the sinner is stored up for the righteous. The wealth of the sinner. Another one says the wealth of the wicked. What, what are those people? Well, they have reason. They have a spirit of reason, the spirit of the world. And so they're able to put together a great idea, a great company, a great plan. But because they can't keep it, it falls away from them. They can't keep it. They get taken over. They sell it. Somebody dies. They, 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 and so what happens is the Lord does. This is my personal revelation, I think, to me, I'm, is that he's not so much into you and I accumulating because that's what the world does. But he's great about cash flow. He wants stuff to be running through your life. You getting it, getting revelation and handing it off. So if he says, I want you to accumulate and have wealth like the wicked, then we're not different than the wicked. So we're a flow. I'm a flow. I mean, give it to me, God. If you need it put anywhere, if you need something funded, you're having a 911 over here and you need somebody to take that missionary to the next level and it's got to happen today, call on me. Because I do have enough to get that. And there's plenty more where that came from. I got just a minute more. Can you all go to Mark chapter 6? You're just practically there. Slip over one page. Yeah, yeah. I, I can't believe he keeps going. Well, this stuff, you can't lose with the stuff we use. We, we, can, we, can't, we can't stand it. Uh, Mark 6, 35. Let's, let's, just, let's just put this to the test from the word. And when the day was far spent, his disciples came unto him and said, this is a desert place. <laughs> All the news that's fit to print. Oh, we've been in the desert all day, and Lord, this is a desert place. <laughs> and now the time is far spent. Oh, <laughs> is that what the sun's doing? Anyway, excuse me. Send them away that they may go into the country roundabout and into the villages and buy themselves bread, for they have nothing to eat. And he answered and said, what did he say? Give ye them to eat. That's not what they expected. They wouldn't have asked that smarty mouth question if they'd uh, known that was what was coming. And they said unto him, shall we go and buy 200 penny worth of bread and give them to eat? So the spirit of reason was working there. He said to them, how many loaves have ye? Go and see. And when they knew, they said five and two fishes. And he commanded them to make all sit down by companies upon the green grass. I think the other gospel says in companies of 50. And they sat down in, oh, here it is. They sat down in ranks by hundreds and by fifties. And when he had taken the five loaves and the two fishes, he looked up to heaven. So he got it into the spirit of revelation. 
He said, we're not going to ever think we did anything. And he blessed it and break the loaves and gave them to his disciples to set before them. And the two fishes divided he among them all and they did all eat and were filled. And they took up 12 baskets full of the fragments and of the fishes. And they that did eat of the loaves were about 5,000 men. So you could guess, we'll just guess there was 20,000 people there. <laughs> there was 5,000 men to be fed and the disciples were looking at what they had. But Jesus went immediately to what do you have in seed? What do you have in seed? They were saying, we, what do we have in provision? 5,000, 20,000 people. We don't have it. It's not even, it's not even like it's close. So the, the disciples, listen, this is, this is what I came to say this morning. The disciples focused on the need and Jesus focused on the seed. That's how it works. So we'd spend a lot less time thinking anxious thoughts if we thought we were looking for a seed versus something to meet the need. I told you it was simple and you knew it. You already knew the gospel is so simple. It's so simple. My yoke is easy. My burden is light. It's so simple. If it's complicated, you got the wrong gospel. You got religion. You got an alligator gar by the tail and he's turning around to snap you off. Hallelujah. Uh, Jesus was focused on what do we have? So this morning or any morning or any day when you meet a need and we all meet needs, not necessarily just for our own selves, but for other people. We, we're surrounded by need. We're in the world. Though we're not of it, we're in the world, and the world is needy. But for us, there's plenty more where that came from. So it's like, oh, the mail comes every day. There's plenty coming in every day. I can give you this, and I can help you with that, because there's plenty more coming in from me. You don't have that flow? No, I don't have that flow. Well, I have that flow. See, it's an attitude. It's perspective. It's the spirit of faith. It's the spirit of the kingdom. I have a flow. How many of y'all have a flow? We got a flow this morning. We have a flow. We, we are in the flow and we have a flow. Are you easily persuaded to believe? I am. It's like, well, yeah. The only reason more is not going out is because I hadn't seen the need by revelation of it needing to go out. Uh, in a scripture that I read in the offering, the next verse after what we read in 2 Corinthians 9, is the Bible, the Lord's, Paul said to the Corinthian church, he says, God is the one who gives seed to sow. So when we need seed, and that's what every sower needs, the Lord is so good. I mean, all sufficiency in all things, abounding to every good work, exceeding abundantly above all you can ask, think, or imagine. He even gives us the seed to sow. He said, I need you to sow some seeds for your prosperity well, Lord, he said, here, I, get, I found a seed for you. You plant the seed. Now, it'll look, just like, it'll look just like bread. It'll be American dollars for us. It'll be U.S. American dollars. It'll look just like bread. It'll look like grocery money. It'll look like rent money. It'll look like car payment money. It'll look like seed. It'll all be the same. But Revelation discerns which is which. As a man purposes in his heart, so let he give. So we discern, I got this stack of stuff. How much of it is seed and how much of it is need? That's what we all go through. 
but maybe you didn't realize that it wasn't just a financial decision, a discerning like I'm leaving enough for lunch money and gas and I'm leaving enough. Maybe we were discerning as a man purposed in his heart, so let him give. For he who sows bountifully shall reap bountifully. Oh, you mean this thing is an exact, specific, registrable, accountable system? Oh, absolutely. That's why when you give, your, your life changes forever. Well, I gave and nothing happened. Oh, you didn't know what was going to happen until you gave. I mean, if we could see, this, if we could see the, 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 the director's cut of the movie, so to speak, where you left all that stuff in, you'd say, oh, God really did bail me out and help me and get me up. But it's, it's there. I'm easily persuaded to believe. So it always works. So uh, 20,000 people ate off of one little boy's lunch, and the transaction was faith. Faith, Jesus called it. He gave to his disciples. There was 12 of them, and they gave to the 50, and he just, they just kept breaking off bread, kept breaking off fish, just kept breaking it off, and he just kept coming. If you look at this little book back here, this miracle book, it talks about a woman that had a bunch of people to feed. And she just had so much money and she bought all she had. But then a bunch of people came that she wasn't expecting. And she said, there's not going to be enough. But she said it was like popcorn. The chicken, every time somebody would take a chicken out of the pan, pop. Did y'all read that? Yeah. It would just pop and there'd be. And she said there was more left over. I think she said there's more left over than what we started out with. And everybody got full and overflowed. That's who we are. That's who we are. That's the kind of testimonies that you should have all day, every day, that I should have. Because that's who we are. And you don't want to go to heaven. You don't want the Lord Jesus snatching us up or however you believe and going up in the rapture. You don't want it to end where you go, if I'd only believed, I could have had a great life, an exciting life. I want an exciting life. Not at the bars, not at the racetrack, not... Not that exciting. I want an exciting look what Jesus will do for you. And that's what it is. So we never, never, never consider that there might not be enough. Point to yourself and say, hey, you you. never consider ever again again that there might not be be enough for you you. to flourish and prosper. You might have to do that in the morning in front of the mirror. You might have to say, I'm talking to you, son. <laughs> Comb your hair. So the harvest is always there. If you found your seed, you found your harvest. What am I going to do? What am I going to do? Find your seed. Well, that seems way too simple. Well, that's because we want to see it that day. We want proof that what we sowed flourished that day. As we know, healing is not instant. Healing is not instant. Everybody wants it. Oh, if they lay hands on me, it'll be instant. Well, if it's a miracle, it will be. And there's lots of miracles. And the Lord is good and big on miracles. But if you've got, if you're in this, if you know the word, you don't care when it happens because your present, your present perfect tense. I have it 
and I'm having more. When the word says in Ephesians, be filled with the spirit, the literal is, is be filled and continually filled. And I got seed that you know not of. Where is it? I got it. I have million dollar seed, whatever that takes. The reason I'm telling you that, the reason I tell you all that is I want you to know I said it before it happened. You ought to tell stuff that's like, what if it doesn't happen? Well, you need to go back and get in bed and sleep another day and think about it because it's not. But once you know, it's like, I got to tell everybody. If you're reading through the Bible that we're reading through, it's, it's over there. You ought to get a copy of it. But we read Acts chapter 5, 6, 7, and 8 in the last four days. And he just over and over talks about the miraculous. It just talks about, he just talks about, oh my, they did, that everybody was following them to hear the word because of the miracles, the signs and wonders. That is in your future. That is in your future. Like, ah, no, I just want to be a good soldier for Jesus and, and just share when I, I don't want to go out on the, yeah, it's in your future. There is no future in this kingdom without signs and wonders. Well, if you had to do them, we'd have to get you a medical license and get you some, some how to do it. But he does it. We read this morning about, I'll just read it. I got six minutes, y'all. I'm not going to let it go. Acts chapter 4 says, And now, Lord, behold their threatenings, and grant unto thy servants that with all boldness they may speak thy word. And by stretching forth thine hand to heal, and that signs and wonders. He said we could pray this. Signs and wonders may be done by the name of thy holy child Jesus. And when they had prayed, the place were shaken where they were assembled together. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. And they spake the word of God with boldness. That's who you are. And once you know who you are, then it's not hard. You don't have to figure what you have and what you can do. You always just have to know who you are. Okay. It's going in. It's going in. It's going. I don't have to say, well, now, how do, how do I heal this? And how, what do I say to that? Just know who you are and it'll come out. Just know who you are. I lay hands on the sick and they do, bless God, recover. Amen. Father, 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 thank you for this great, this awesome, this wonderful day in February 2023. We agree with heaven that we know what to do. I know what to do. Every time it comes up, it's a challenge. It's to, to go up higher and I know what to do. I take a step. We all take a step when you tell us, here's what you ought to do. And Lord, we're preparing to be bold. We're preparing to see your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And I thank you, Lord, that Acts is not the last book. We are the last book. And Lord, I thank you that you've given us a demonstration. You said, go and do that and then do more. And so we go and we do that and we do more. And we give you all the glory, all the praise, all the honor for everything that's good in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Does anybody need healing this morning? Does anybody need healing in your body?